Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. This is episode number 285 of our YouTube channel and podcast, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about some investing lies. My whole idea around this week uh, and talking about investing as much as I have uh, is that I want you to be more motivated to invest. I want you to understand investing uh, at a more granular level. I want you to understand uh, exactly what is going on within the investing world, uh, at least enough to actually get your feet wet and do it yourself and begin investing because investing is so important for your financial future. So I wanted to wrap up the week talking about some lies uh, that are told and uh, are typically told by individuals who don't invest at all uh, that are just absolute lies, right? They, they are excuses that people use that uh, are not truthful at all. And a lot of people can take those uh, reasons and take those excuses and apply them to their own life and then say, okay, well, I'm not going to invest either. Okay. So uh, let's look at those seven lies uh, that I'm going to talk about today. And I'll add some commentary and a whole lot more in today's episode. So stick around for all that. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below, and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can work together and start pushing towards your long term financial goals and then ultimately push you on towards long term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single individual watching or listening to this show on a day to day basis. Now again, I want you guys to become investors. I want you to learn to invest and to grow your money. And I want to help you to get any barriers out of the way that need to be gone before you can begin doing so. And I think that one of the biggest things that keeps people from investing is what they hear other people say, right? And then they'll hear them say that and go, oh, that applies to me too. Uh, let me you know, apply that to my own life and use that as a reason that I'm not going to uh, partake in something that maybe I don't understand or that I haven't done before or that uh, you know, might not be super possible because I haven't laid my financial foundation in the way that I should. right? And so I think it's very important for us to look at the lies that are told about investing. And I think it's very, very important for us to um, you know, pop the bubble of those lies uh, and then get to the other side where we can begin uh, to operate from truth and operate from a place uh, where we can be investors and be confident in the way that we invest moving forward. So with no further ado, uh, let us look at the first investing lie. First investing lie that you hear is you don't need to worry about retirement or investing while you're young. Okay. Uh, so while it's sad that less than half of adults uh, in America own any equity, so own any uh, stocks at all. Now, that's not to say that they may not own uh, real estate or whatever else, but a lot of people who own real estate also own stocks. Uh, so there's a, a ton of overlap in that space as well. Okay. The numbers are even worse for millennials. Now, back in 2015, only 26% of adults aged 30 and under owned stocks. Now, I'm going to guess that now that number has uh, increased in some way, shape, or form because of the ease of investing, because of uh, the Robinhood app, because of the low costs that are associated with investing and more people uh, getting involved in financial markets, at least in a speculative way. Uh, young individuals are doing that, right? So I would guess that, that number is higher, but I know, I know 
it's not half, and I know it's not as high as it should be. And it should be uh, all of us. All of us should be uh, trying to invest and be owners of equities or owners of uh, real estate or whatever else. Now, former portfolio manager Barbara Friedberg of RoboAdvisor Pros offers an example that illustrates why young investing uh, is not only smart, but a crucial move uh, if you hope to retire rich. And this is a very simple uh, idea. I've given you uh, examples like this before. You start investing at age 25. Okay, I'm 26. So, uh, you know, this falls right into individuals in my age range, right? You start investing at age 25, you put away $300 per month into stock and bond mutual funds, so balance funds probably, uh, earning an average of 7%. And your $144,000 investment, so what she's saying is uh, you are going to invest a total of $144,000 uh, over a 40 year period, right? Uh, which is, not that much if you think about over the course of a 40-year period. 40 years is a long time, right? Uh, so your $144,000 investment is worth $791,948 at age 65. But if you wait just 10 years, you wait until age 35 to begin investing, right? Uh, then you continue to invest that $300 a month. You invest until age 65, earning the same 7%. Your investment is worth 368000 or less than half. So while young people think they may not be able to afford to invest in the stock market while they're young, their future self would absolutely disagree. And this is something I try to hit home uh, for you guys all of the time, right? You have to understand that starting early is the way. Starting early is the way to go. I know there are big things to think about when you're young. I know you're just trying trying to you know, get out of college or get out of high school and get a good job, right? I know you're trying uh, to get out of your parents' house and uh, live in an apartment or live in a house or buy a house, buy your first home, uh, you know, whatever. I know you're, you're still trying to get your financial foundation set. You're trying to you know, just begin saving a little money. You're trying to get out of your student loan debt, whatever else. I know there are a lot of things going on when you're young, but, 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 if you can prioritize investing and if you can prioritize putting money into uh, tax deferred or tax free retirement accounts over time, you will be far better off for doing so. Okay, and the numbers do not lie. Now, there, uh, those were some numbers that would get you, uh, you know, to $791,000. Now, becoming a, a millionaire is not all that difficult. You know, I've told you before, if you invest over a 40-year period, so 25 to 65, you put away $158.13 per month, right? You make 10% on that money on average over the 40 years, right? You'll have a million dollars. And then obviously you invest more, you'll have more, you make more, uh, then you will have more as well. Now, obviously, uh, in this example that I gave you, uh, we were talking about a 7% rate of return. So a lower rate of return and $300 per month being put in. So they were putting in more, uh, but making lower rates of return. So you get uh, a lower value there as well. But Nonetheless, that first investing lie that you don't need to worry about investing while you're young is one of the biggest lies out there because if you can just prioritize investing, prioritize investing something, prioritize putting something away for your investing future, you'll be far better off for doing so. Okay. Now, investing lie number two, investing is selfish. Now, this is a weird investing lie, but uh, just hear me out. There's a really strange excuse uh, that you actually hear quite often. With the greed of the 1% constantly in the news, you're destined to come across people who say that investing is selfish at some point in your life. Why? Because investing your money means depriving those who need your help from money, uh, not giving your kids the best, or not supporting charities to the fullest, at least in the eyes of the individuals who are telling you this. Right? But this is the exact opposite of true. 
Okay, the truth is saving for a stable retirement is one of the most selfless things you can do with your money. Those who don't become dependent on the system for 10 to 20 years at the end are those who actually took investing in their own hands, right? And if you are dependent on the system, you're dependent on, uh, you know, Medicaid or you're dependent uh, even on your social security check when you're older, right? That's going to cost everyone. And who can benefit if you have a lot of money that you can be generous with? Everybody else. And if you don't have money, that can end up saddling your children with taking care of you later on. So actually investing for your future and having some money in your retirement accounts and having money uh, invested that you can use to sustain yourself and use to do the things that you want to do is one of the things that is going to make you more independent as you're older and not so reliant on the system or your children or anyone else, right? So if it's selfish, right? If it's selfish to say, I want to build wealth for myself, right? If that's, if that's a selfish thing to say, well, then you're not taking into account all of the other things that can be done with money. Remember, we don't just spend our money, right? Giving is a big, big part of what goes on with our money. And nobody thinks about the burden that you can be to other people if you do not invest your money for the future. And I don't want you to be that burden. I want you to have something for yourself. Okay. So that's investing line number two. Investing line number three, I don't have any money to invest, okay? So while this is actually true for those who live below uh, the poverty line or at the poverty line, right? Most people with regular jobs and incomes can afford to invest at least some of their money for the future. It may not seem that way if they're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling with debt, but most people can free up funds to invest if they cut their spending elsewhere and make investing a priority. This is so true. Okay, this is this is such um, the truth here, right? That comes after this investing lie I'm talking about here, right? Uh, saying I don't have any money to invest. Well, it's it's obvious that you don't have money to invest when you have car payments, and it's obvious that you don't have money to invest uh, when you've got student loan payments and when you've got credit card uh, bills piling up, when you've got uh, all these other things uh, that are taking your paycheck, that are taking your income, your you know number one wealth building tool, and taking it and keeping it for itself right? Uh, you need to be able to allocate some of your income towards investing. And the only way that we're going to be able to do this is by just taking the first part of the financial action plan very seriously. What do I tell you to do in the first part of the financial action plan? Budget uniquely every single month, right? And track your expenses. If you don't do this, you don't know where your money's going. You don't know if you have enough money. You don't know if you have uh, the ability to invest. You don't, you don't think that you have the ability to invest because you're like, oh, all, all of my money is gone, right? I don't, I don't have any money to go and invest. I don't have any money left at the end of the month, right? I have too much month left at the end of the money, if anything, right? Uh, so we need to make sure that we are budgeting, taking that seriously, knowing exactly how much you have. Look, if you are not somebody who lives near the poverty line, you should not be uh, worried about you know having any money to invest. You have something to invest. Now, I'm not suggesting that you should have a ton of money to invest, right? But you should have something, right? And if you look at the financial action plan the way I set it up, once you once you have this set up, once you uh, have built an emergency fund for yourself, you're out of debt, right? You're budgeting effectively. You should be in a place where you don't have to do anything else with your income, but maybe pay for your mortgage or whatever rent you're paying and invest, right? And save and give, right? And spend money how you want to spend it, right? You should have money at that point, no matter what your income is. I'm not saying you should have a ton, 
Okay. I, I've told you before having, you know, $50,000 a year as a salary, or I even talked about earlier this week, if you just make $30,000 a year, you can still make it. You can still invest. You can still do this as long as you follow the financial action plan steps, because uh, what they do is they provide you with a financial foundation that's built first where you're out of debt and you have some money in the bank for emergencies. And then you can actually start allocating some money towards things uh, like investing that are going to be very valuable to you over a long period of time. So I promise you, you do have money to invest. You just may not know it. Now, if your employer offers a work-sponsored retirement plan that is tax-advantaged, like a 401k, right? We talked about these all the time. It's pretty likely that you could set aside some pre-tax dollars or some after-tax dollars for retirement without seeing much impact uh, to your take-home pay at all. Not only this, uh, you could earn some free money if they are matching your 401k, right? So if nothing else, putting something away in there and getting a match uh, is going to get you a 100% rate of return on your money. And you're going to have to put in only half of what you end up uh, having within that account, okay? So if you're stuck saving for retirement on your own, on the other hand, uh, finding a way to invest small sums of money is the best way to get started. Uh, while some firms require, you know, a certain amount to open an account, uh, there are plenty of funds that say, hey, you know, if you can just, you know, buy a share of this, then you can uh, invest. Or, you know, companies like Fidelity who have uh, S&P 500 index funds that have no cost and no minimums, anybody can begin investing with any amount, right? But you have to get started. You do have money to invest. You just have to go and find that money. Okay. And if you are living at or below the poverty line, then you have an income problem. Okay. Now I'm not saying it's an easy problem to fix, right? But I'm saying if you don't increase your income, then you won't have any money to invest at all. Okay. Uh, so I just want you to understand that the income problem is not as pervasive as individuals make it seem. A bunch of individuals think that, uh, you know, people don't make enough money to invest. And that's just not true. We just spend too much money to be able to invest. That is the real kicker. So that's investing line number three that I don't have any money to invest. Investing line number four. Okay. Investing line number four is that investing is going to keep me from doing the things that I want to do. And that's an absolute lie. That's absolutely not the truth. Investing will keep you from doing the things that you want to do if and only if you don't have your money allocated properly and you aren't budgeting properly and you aren't uh, allowing yourself money uh, to you know spend and do uh, for yourself, right? And if you don't build your financial foundation, I talk about this all the time, right? Of course, you're not going to have money to do other things if you haven't built your financial foundation. Of course, you're not going to have money to spend and enjoy yourself if you don't have money in savings already. And of course, you're not going to have money uh, to enjoy yourself if you're constantly paying money out in debt payments. Of course, you're not, right? Uh, so you're saying, if I invest, then I'm not going to be able to enjoy my life. I'm not going to be able to do anything that I want to do. Look, as somebody who is 26 years old uh, and invests quite aggressively uh, along with my wife, we still do things that we want to do and we still buy things that we want to buy, right? But we budget for these things, which is vital, right? Uh, and we make it to where our investing is not something that's done after the fact. Our investing is done up front every single month. So we don't ever miss that income. 
We just learn to live on the income that we have otherwise, right? Uh, so once your saving and giving is done on the front end, then you can say, okay, now I can spend the rest of this over the course of the month. And you should have a plan for how you're going to do that within your budget as well, right? And you should spend your money accordingly over the course of the month and have money set aside uh, in order to do some things that you want to do and buy some things that you want to buy because it's perfectly fine to have money in order to do that, right? And you're saying, yeah, I want money to do that. I understand. I understand wanting to have money to do things that you want and not just things that you need, right? It's, it's kind of fun. It's a fun thing uh, when you have money to do that. But the problem is, is that if you're constantly overspending to the point where you know you don't think you'll be able to invest or you're not good with keeping up with your budget or you don't like budgeting, then it's going to be very, very difficult uh, to invest and spend uh, money as you would like to because it's likely that you're going to spend yourself into a hole. And that's just not what we want. This whole system, the whole thing uh, of the financial action plan and investing ultimately is reliant on you being a good budgeter and tracker of your expenses and knowing where your money goes. Because if you are not disciplined and you don't know where your money goes, then you are going to have a huge problem that you run into later on uh, when you have overdraft charges and you have credit card debt because you couldn't keep yourself from spending. Okay, So you will be able to invest and you will uh, be able to spend money if you prioritize budgeting, if you prioritize uh, planning where your money's going to go every single month. Okay. So do not believe that lie. Investing lie number five, you need to have a thorough understanding of the stock market before you invest. I wish this lie would just die. I wish people would stop saying this. I wish people would stop thinking this that you have to have such a pervasive knowledge of the stock market before you invest. And you know it, it just paralyzes people. It, it's paralysis by analysis. People don't think uh, that they can invest because, uh, oh, I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the, the know-how. I don't have the education. I didn't major in finance. I, nobody ever taught me this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I want to preface all this by saying you should seek out the knowledge. You should try to learn. Okay, but in order to start, you only need a baseline knowledge. You only need to simply understand what you're investing in. You don't have to be uh, such a uh, just you know king or queen of investing to understand uh, exactly how to use the stock market and do it effectively. It's not that difficult. Ultimately, the fact that 21% of adults who don't invest base their decision on the fact that they don't understand the stock market is telling you so so much, and it is very very problematic. By not learning investing basics or taking the time to understand, these people are setting themselves up for a truly sad retirement scenario, one where they won't have enough money stashed away and may have to live on government benefits alone. Even worse is the fact that the premise behind this excuse is an utter lie, right? The basics of investing in the stock market are shockingly simple. I'm telling you, they are shockingly simple. All you're doing when you're investing in the stock market is you are buying pieces of ownership in companies in the United States or worldwide, okay? And if they perform well financially, then your shares will increase in value. If they don't, your shares will go down in value, okay? And even if you don't know the first thing about investing for the long haul, it's easy to invest your money with several different strategies. And I tell you all the time uh, that most individuals should not get any type of you know complicated with their investing. You should do simple things. You should buy low cost index funds, right? You should keep costs low. You should buy index funds and just pour money into your 401k and your IRA over long periods of time and build your money up that way, right? You're not going to be able to hit a home run in the short term. 
Okay, you have to play the long game, and you have to do so uh, by understanding that the stock market is a long-term game. Okay, the stock market in the short term. This is an old Ben Graham uh, quote. I may not be quoting word for word, but uh, in the short term, the stock market is a voting machine. Now, what this means is that in the short term, uh, the stock market is going to go wherever the buying and selling is going, right? Wherever people are voting, okay? If you're buying uh, a lot and individuals are buying a lot with you, then uh, the stock prices will be going up, right? You're voting up the stock price. Or if everybody's selling, you're voting it down. So in the short term, that's what the stock market is. But over the long term, it is a weighing machine. And what he meant by this is that Ultimately, the fundamentals of the companies and the fundamentals of uh, the economy come into play and move the stock market where it needs to go. Ultimately, uh, it becomes a weighing machine and not just a voting machine based on uh, you know the buying and selling. Ultimately, the buying and selling over a long period of time will turn into buying and selling based on the fundamentals. Okay, so. We have to understand that. We have to understand that it is very easy. Okay, everyday index funds are a simple way for anyone to invest with no stock market knowledge required. Now, I want you to know what you own, okay? But there's no way to know everything that you own within an index fund. Now, I can tell you if you buy an S&P 500 index fund, you're going to own everything that's in the S&P 500, which are approximately the 500 largest companies in the United States today that have good profitability overall, which uh, you know have grown to a, an adequate size. They are large companies, right? Uh, this is a fund that covers those types of companies. So uh, even though you may not know every company in it, you know a lot of the big ones. You know Apple, you know Facebook, you know Google, you know Amazon, you know Johnson & Johnson, you know JP Morgan, you know Berkshire Hathaway, you know all of these big companies. Uh, and those are the majority of your holdings if you're holding something like an S&P 500 index fund or uh, some other broad market index fund as well, okay? Uh, so, it's not that difficult to get started. It's not that difficult. You don't have to know everything. You can learn and get better over time. And I, I implore you, please do so. That's why I'm here every day. That's why I am trying to teach you guys new things about investing every day. Because uh, if you will just listen, if you learn more, then you can get more down to the minutia. Because uh, even though you can absolutely get started uh, with a small amount of knowledge, you want to learn more. You want uh, to get to this point where uh, you can you know, make the most efficient choices. Because yes, buying a broad market index fund and just pouring into that fund within a 401k or an IRA or whatever, uh, is perfectly fine and will get you to where you want to be over the long term. Do not forget that. Okay, but there are better efficient tactics depending on whatever your life situation is that you may not know anything about, right? But I'm trying to help you to, to, to learn more about those every single day. But in order to start, in order to begin, you don't have to have uh, a very granular knowledge of the stock market. All you have to know is that at the baseline, you are buying into the economy. You're buying into uh, specifically the U.S. economy if you own the S&P 500, uh, and you are just an owner of small pieces of a bunch of different companies. Okay, uh, and if they go up in value over the long term, then you will be perfectly fine, and you will make a lot of money, and you'll be way better off than individuals who actually listen to that investing lie that you have to know a lot before you get started. Now. Investing lie number six. I'll never retire anyway, right? You, I've heard people say this, and this is just absolutely uh, just an excuse for not doing things correctly financially, right? If you, I've heard a lot of people who are um, you know in their forties and fifties say this that uh, you know, oh, I'll never retire anyway. You know, why should I invest? It doesn't make any sense. And this isn't because they don't want to invest or they don't want to uh, build up something for themselves. But what it means is that they are beaten down, 
right? They, they don't feel like, you know, there's any way that they can turn it around, okay? So they're saying, ah, I'll never retire anyway, so why should I even uh, begin? Why should I even uh, start? Why should I even try, right? I, I'm just going to work until I die. I, that's what I want to do. I want to work until I die. So the worst investing lie is one we conjure in our own minds, and it's probably the most damaging. If each of us had a dollar for every time a 20-something or 30-something said they would never retire in their lifetime, which absolutely does happen, we would all be rich. This is almost less of an excuse and more of a commitment to failure. It's saying, uh, you know, I don't think I could save enough to retire anyway, so I won't bother to try. You're throwing in the towel before you even get started and quitting before you even reach the starting line. And quite frankly, it's rather sad, right? While you may think the world will end before you hit retirement or that you'll die early, chances are fairly good that you'll live to endure the consequences of not saving for retirement. Don't believe me? Here are some facts from the Social Security Administration. A man reaching age 65 today can expect to live on average until age 84.3. Okay, so if, if you're a, a man and you live to age 65, you're likely going to live to age 84.3. Okay, this is a long time. This is almost 20 years that you have to sustain yourself if you retire at age 65. Okay, now a woman turning age 65 today can expect to live on average until age 86.6. Okay, so this is you know almost 22 years that they have to sustain themselves in retirement, right? Now, you may be saying, oh, well, I said I'm not going to retire anyway. Well, do you expect to be working when you're 80, 81, 82, 86? I mean, I don't, right? I don't expect to be uh, working a full-time job and making income, uh, you know, in the same way that I would in my 30s or 40s or whatever uh, in my 70s, in my 80s. I don't expect that at all, right? You can tell yourself whatever you'd like, but the fact is you'll probably live for a very long time. Another fact, if you don't save for retirement, you'll probably live those last few decades poor on government assistance or struggling to work part-time, which again is extremely sad. It's extremely sad to see people who are older who only have uh, very little and they only live off of social security payments, right? We don't want to work this long, right? People who may say, I'm going to work till I die, right? I'm never going to retire, but people don't really want to work this long. It's not the truth. The truth is that people want to retire. They would love to retire, right? But they don't know how. They're afraid. They don't want to change the lifestyle that they currently live and begin investing. And that's a, a big underlying uh, issue with all of these excuses or lies that you hear about investing as well, is that a lot of them are rooted in the fact that a lot of people just don't want to try. They don't want uh, to give up something. They don't want to sacrifice anything in their own life to get to something worth living for, right? Uh, they don't want to do this and uh, it can end up being extremely detrimental to them over a long period of time. So if you don't think that you'll ever retire, you can think that as long as you want to, uh, but just wait and see, you know, if life catches up to you and you have uh, some type of medical event or, uh, you know, you have uh, some type of cancer or something that you just can't control, right? Something that is beyond your control that's going to hold you back from doing that, uh, then good luck paying uh, for you know your treatment for whatever illness you have and good luck living your life on the other side of that when you don't have anything to live your life on, okay? I don't want you to be in that place. I want you to be in a place where you actually have something that is worth something. I want you to be able to retire. Whether you choose to or not, I want you to be able to. That way, if the moment comes where you have to, then you absolutely can. That's something you need to think about, okay? Even if you don't think you'll retire, have the ability to retire and then if you don't want to, then that's perfectly fine, okay? So that's the sixth investing lie that, hey, I'll never retire anyway. Then the seventh investing lie is that it's too late to start, why bother, okay? 
Uh, you always need to provide for yourself financially. So even if you're 70 years old and have nothing set aside, right, you should start budgeting and saving, especially since the average life expectancy is well into the 80s now. You can always, as long as your you know ticker is ticking, you can always do something to push towards uh, you know your long-term financial goals. You can always do something to better your future self financially. Okay? The fact that half of Americans aren't saving anything for retirement is downright scary. Without the proper government services in place, the vast majority of these people will be forced to uh, subsist on government benefits alone as they live out their final years. If you don't want to be one of them, now is the time to get real about investing for the future. And you hear people say this in like their 40s and their late 30s, like, you know, it's too late to start. I'm, I'm already too late. No, you're, you're not too late right? You may be disadvantaged to the 25-year-old or the 20-year-old or the 30-year-old or the 35-year-old, right? You may be disadvantaged to that individual who has that, you know, key component, that time, but you are not a loser yet, okay? You're not a loser until it's time to retire or it's time to, uh, you know, stop working or you have to stop working and you don't have anything. That's when you've lost, Okay. Now you may think that, you know, you can't afford to invest at this point, or you can't afford to invest enough to get to where you want to get to, but you really cannot afford not to. You might think it's too hard or complex, but an array of investments are so simple a child could understand. Okay. You might believe that investing is selfish, uh, but you should ask yourself if you want to be a burden on society in the future. And if so, isn't that selfish, right? Uh, so you need to keep these things in mind. You need to keep all these investment lies uh, under wraps in your own head because uh, from time to time, they can they can creep in. They can creep in and go, hey, you, you know, you could be doing this with your money or hey, uh, you know, you could uh, you use this as a good excuse as to why you're not going to do something or learn something new that is necessary to learn, right? Even for myself, some of these things can can creep in from time to time, right? I think it's very easy sometimes to just go, you know, Hey, you know, if I if I didn't invest, I could spend so much more money. Or you know, if I if I didn't invest, then, you know, I would I'd be able to to do more things or uh, you know, maybe I'm I'm putting away too much or or maybe I'm prioritizing this too much. And these lies come into your head uh, and they, you know, keep you away from doing the things that you need to do over the long term if you allow them to change your actions. Ultimately, we need to allow uh, truth to prevail in our lives and truth to prevail in our minds. And that will allow our actions to maintain in the way that they need to over a long period of time. So you need to invest. Don't let the lies get to you uh, and make sure that you begin. Make sure that you start somewhere uh, and follow a good financial plan. That's why I have the financial action plan out there for you. And you won't be sorry. You'll be able to uh, get to some semblance of long-term financial freedom, which is what I hope for every single one of you out there. So thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, smash that like button for me as well. Like this video, leave me any comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything you leave down there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan. And that's really good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. And then if you need somebody to help you to build a financial plan and keep you accountable to that plan over the long term, then I can do that. Just DM me on any of the major social media sites and tell me that you are interested in financial coaching sessions. And you and I can begin working together, pushing towards your long term financial goals, and then ultimately pushing you on towards long-term financial freedom as well. So tune in Monday as I continue talking about personal finance topics that I think can be useful for you in your long-term financial journey. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.